You've tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. What if you found a portal to a parallel universe? What if you could slide into a thousand different worlds? Where it's the same year, and you're the same person, but everything else is different. And what if you can't find your way home? Welcome back for another issue of Imagine If. We are here, and guess what? We hit on it a little bit last week, Chris. We're going to talk about uh, Spider-Man 800. Yes, hell of a... Uh, it's leading towards the uh, final issues, well, the second to last issue of Dan Slott's decade-long run on Spider-Man. Yeah, I mean, it's been... I mean, Dan Slott was writing Spider-Man when I, you know... I guess when I stopped reading comics and then now I'm back on it again, he he was still writing. I was like, that's a long time to be. I mean, how many different stories do you got? You think you'd go through? I mean, you went through Spider Verse, Spider Island. Oh my god! uh, The I mean, he start. Did he start right after One New Day? Pretty much because yeah, it was like a brand brand new day, and that's when they had the the group of writers so they could make the three three issues in a month. Oh okay, and then once it consolidated into one writer i don't know if he was part of the team and then he just took over head or if he was just the one that the team left and then he took over but i mean he has done a consistent run and he has i was just thinking in my head like all these memorable stories and this is yes man i went blank but i mean he's done a lot of cool stuff a clone conspiracy, clone conspiracy uh, yeah. he gave us that the all those cool suits when mm-hmm. peter was working at horizon horizons yeah and not only did he do some amazing spider-man stories but he did some amazing peter parker stories right you know parker going from i mean like it was I mean, he uh, did superior spider right yeah he did that's another good superior one yeah. spider-man i mean he made doc ock of like a character worth reading about again which i want to talk about when we get to when we get to talking about that story because the ending when of 800 yeah, yeah one of the epilogues yeah, yeah that was that was interesting I, I need to talk about that. Yeah, okay. I'm excited okay. for that then. Here we so, go. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll get to that after we talk about the spinner rack and what we've been reading this week. So, without, uh, for, well, we're also going to be casting that in the DC universe. The idea of uh, uh, oh, a villain combination, right? A la Red Goblin. And we're going to do that in the DC universe for today's episode's challenge. There you go. So. Uh, up on the spinner rack this Wednesday, uh, what is it, June something? June 13th, if I remember correctly, if I'm go. doing my math right. Uh, yes, the 13th. So most of the time we, we associate 13 with bad, but as long as it lands on the Wednesday, it's okay because it's New Comic Book Day. New Comic Book Day. So here we are. If you are purchasing from DC Comics, I would recommend these Batman preludes to the wedding have actually been really good. Uh, this next one coming out this week will be Batgirl versus the Riddler. I actually want to see that because they're two very smart people what could they be up to what could they be doing now i know okay i know you're not going to have batgirl go up against the joker because the joker's going to be you know involved with batman he's right the two the two mains but like and i guess you can't really put batgirl up against harley quinn because harley quinn's kind of a hero now in the dc universe yeah, she skirts that line. But, I mean, wouldn't you want Batgirl to go up against something that's Joker-esque because of the whole killing joke? But, I mean, you do because, exactly, you want to touch on that. But I think it's neat because with Scott Snyder and, I mean, he took the Riddler and made him a little bit bigger. And even um, Tom King did that as well because you had that war of jokes and riddles. Right. So, I mean, Riddler is kind of vying for a number two spot. You know, I mean, he was responsible for the zero year and now the jokes of uh, the war of jokes and riddles and his whole 
Yeah, I mean, there will be blood look. I did not. Yeah, I did not like him <laughs> in the jokes of uh, the War of Jokes and Riddles. I like the the Joker. I or not Joker. I mean, the Riddler that I really enjoyed was right after Hush. Like that, that was a cool Riddler. That version of the Riddler was like one of my favorites. Yeah, I think that was neat because he was so close to being reformed, but it's kind of like he still had that smugness of right. like, you know, because anytime he teamed up with Batman, it's like, hey man, you know, don't push me or I'll say <laughs> two words, you know. Um, but I like this because he's so smug, right? Mm-hmm. And he knows all the answers, but so does an oracle. Ah, I like okay. that right there. That's what I you. would be going for if I'm writing that one. But I mean, if you're going to go with Oracle, wouldn't you just go put her up against the calculator? Like it's like yeah, that's the, evil, the villain version of her. You're right. You're right because Oracle used to be. But see, and I guess that's that's the tough part about that is back when Barbara was Oracle, I felt like she was strong enough that she actually stepped outside the Batverse. Mm-hmm. She held her own with the Birds of Prey. Mm-hmm. She was part of the Justice League. Mm-hmm. You know, she was well outside. I mean, yes, she was stationed in Gotham, but she was outside of Gotham. Like, oh, she yeah. had a world presence. And that's why I like her going up against the Calculator because he's part of that whole Injustice gang. He's the evil Oracle and things like that. I feel but, like he would be a part of the, the, the inner gang. Yeah, yeah. That Legion of Doom, inner gang, uh, all of that fun stuff. But the reason why I have to go Riddler is because this is a Batman-centric story. So, I mean, I, I do – I see the restrictions coming in. But if you've been reading these and, – and not to spoil it for those that have been reading it, but every last page has been cluing in that there's a major character drawing these bad guys out. We don't know the reason oh, why, but wow. somebody's playing – you know, pulling the strings. So, you know how – um as of lately, you know those 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 new books that DC launched that came, they're, they're out of the pages oh, of, yes. me, of metal. Yeah, the New Age of Heroes books. Okay, so uh, I think it's the Challengers like lead in story. Okay, so a lot of the books that I've been reading, you know, they always have those few pages at the end where they're trying to promote this other book. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. There's like I think it's the Challengers book, the New Challengers. I, I'm assuming it's supposed to be the Challengers of the Unknown, but they're right. calling them New Challengers. They have a guy in there that's like that ends up I think kills a cabbie driver or something like that, but he he looks like Hush, like he's all bandaged, bandaged up, up like and, that, huh? and wears a uh, a trench coat, but like he has a weird wonky eye, so I don't think it's supposed to be Hush. Yeah, and I don't know who it's supposed to be. Maybe it's supposed to be what's I know he's not. He, I know he's not a villain, but who's the Doom Patrol guy that wears? That's bandages what I was going. Um, oh, negative God. man, negative man. Yes, is it negative, negative man? man? Okay. So yeah. I don't know. It, I I didn't know if you you'd read those uh, back it, or the the teaser issues or whatever you want to call those. I so I find myself because I you know when you get a couple of books in a week from one of the companies, it gets repetitive. Yeah. So I almost find like oh that's the last page and I file it and move on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so sometimes I do miss out, and I'll be honest. Like no offense to the the new age of heroes, I think it's a great idea, and they're putting out a lot of good stuff, but. With me looking at the advanced solicits and seeing that creative is leaving, our books that were supposed to be long term are turned into limited series, I gave up on it. I don't mm-hmm. really care. Like, um, Terrifics, I think they did a four part mini. I stopped with four. I said, you know what? I'm only going to give it one story arc and I'm going to stop. Because, yes, it's a great collection of characters and that's probably the top tier book of the, of the litter. But yeah, with the rest of it, it's kind of like you had this idea what you wanted to do. But then it didn't last that way. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to be like, because I, I believe artists have an amazing voice. You know, I mean, yes, we can have our thoughts, but it's hard to convey thoughts without pictures. So you definitely need the two. But when you have these books that are supposed to be artist driven and then the artist is leaving the book after an arc or issues, it's hard to say, well, now I want to buy into this. Yeah, so, no, I mean, it's yeah, it's I mean, I know it's it's difficult because 
if we don't buy the books, then they're not going to stay on. Yeah. But we don't want to stay on if they're not going to stay on. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, I mean, it's hard to plop down, you know, 3 to $4 for a book that may or may not give a shit. Not yeah. to sound mean, but, you know, no. it's just it's an honest truth. I mean, and, that's... And also, I don't feel like these are books that are... These are someone's passion. Like, someone didn't come up yeah. and say, like, hey, I have a great idea for a new team or a new set of heroes or something like that. It, to me, it feels more like a mandate. Like, someone said, all right, I want to I create a character that looks like Spider-Man but can teleport. Uh, you, over <laughs> there, jump on that book. And it's just like, okay, well, I guess um, he's a high school kid and he uses his cell phone a lot. And, uh, yeah, he teleports. But he calls it sideways. You know, it's like, dun, dun. It's like all right, yeah. I mean, it just doesn't like a lot of the the. the I mean, and, and it doesn't I, feel like there's heart. No, yeah, and, and it doesn't feel like there's any passion behind it. Like I, yeah. I'm I'm not reading all of them, so I could be missing one. But like I've read sideways so far, and I've read terrifics. Uh, I mean, I have challengers coming in. I have immortal men coming in. Uh, I'm not looking at killer or whatever the hell that silencer <laughs> yeah. because of John, John Romita Jr. <laughs> so. You can, you can fight me on that one, nerds. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, it is tough because, like, and this is something that I had a problem with with Marvel a couple months back or maybe a year ago now. If I want to read Hulk, I'm going to read Hulk. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry. I appreciate damage, and I like that they're tying it into the Hour Man mythos. Yeah, right. But if I'm going to read Hulk, I'm going to read Hulk. I don't want to read Adamus Cho. I appreciate Adamus Cho. I think he's a great character, but to me, Hulk is Bruce Banner. Not Jennifer Walters, not Rick Jones, not General Thunderbolt Ross. It's Bruce Banner because that's the struggle I like. And I'm going to tell you more about that when we talk about what we're reading right now. Too, All right. Oh, my God. What a great book. All right. But marching along, um, Detective Comics issue 982 will be coming out. That begins the new writer's run, bringing in the Outsiders thoughts and stuff like that. Which, by the way, Outsiders has been popping up everywhere. Detective, Doomsday Clock. So I don't know. Maybe that's a team to watch. So start investing in those back issues. You never know. Outsider. What did they pop up in Doomsday Clock? Uh, issue 5. I don't think um, I've read that one yet. Then. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was, I was going through it quickly, but yeah, they popped up because with that whole Superman theory, so all the nations now are starting to build theirs. So ah. they go to Geoforce Prince Markov, and he's like, "Oh, well, fine, I'll form my own team of outsiders." <laughs> <laughs> so uh. there you go. <laughs> Um, this is a great trade paperback I'd recommend picking up. Elseworlds, Batman Volume 3. These Elseworlds books were amazing. So if you don't want to hunt down the single back issues or you just want a book that you can take with you and read a great collection of stories, that is a good one. I would highly recommend that. Uh, Flash number 48 comes at us, and that will be part three of the Flash War. And Flash War is awesome. Oh, my God. Like With Howard Porter... And um, Scott Collins doing the art. I'm having flashbacks, man. I'm <laughs> loving it. No pun intended. Uh, but, I mean, it's like I feel like I'm reading JLA. I feel like I'm reading Flash of those eras. And I love it. So, I mean, highly pick them up. I'm glad I'm picking up the issues. And I will definitely be going and buying the trade as well. So, do yourself a favor. Get on that. Uh, Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps number 46 will be coming out. That continues on the Dark Star saga, which actually is... This is finally an arc I'm enjoying. I mean, no offense to Rob Vendetti. I mean, he's been carrying Green Lantern for, oh my gosh, damn near 100 issues. But it never felt like anything was going on. And this arc is actually like, but you is, know, it's something. Is this the last arc? This is they... his last arc, yeah, because he'll carry it all the way to 50. And officially, we haven't heard any announcements yet. But rumor is the book's going to get canned. Well, no, we know the book's going to get canned. 50 is the last issue. 
So odds are we're going to be getting a Green Lantern or who knows what they're going to call it, number yeah. one, with uh, Grant Morrison on it. So, okay. you know, wear your power rings and pop your pills. It's time to go save the universe. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, continuing on, Hawkman number one will be starting up, and this will actually be Robert Vendetti's new gig. He'll be writing Hawkman for us. Immortal Men number three will be out there. This is a big purchase, so I want you to think about it, but I want you to think about it in a good way. Infinite Crisis Omnibus. That was a great era of the DCU because that was the one where it was like you started with the countdown to Infinite Crisis, the death of Blue Beetle. It spun out to the four titles, Ranthangar War, One About Magic, the OMAC Project, and the Secret Six or Villains United, I forget. Secret Six. Yeah. No. Villains, Villains United, United yeah. yeah. And so those four books had that, and then they spun back into... Wasn't Crime Bible one of them, too? Or? No, I think that was uh, Final Crisis. Oh, okay. I think that was that. But the four books, then they converged back into Infinite Crisis proper. There was a great Superman arc where Max Lord was controlling them, right. because that led to Wonder Woman killing. I mean... It felt like the editors at that time existed. They were you, doing something. <laughs> could you imagine, like, when they were pitching that idea of, you know, Max Lord taking over Superman's mind? And, like, I, I imagine that was probably just, like, a, a story. It was like, yeah, yeah, how about, you know, have this telepath take over the, the, man, the mind of the strongest being in the world, you know? And then all of a sudden, at the end of it, yeah, but we're going to have Wonder Woman snap his neck. And then that is a repercussion that stayed for a long time. Like, people saw, I mean, in the DC universe, people saw that on televisions everywhere. Yep. So, Be- Wonder Woman was no longer a, a beacon of peace. She's now a killer. Yep. And she's like, what? This is what I do. I'm a warrior. Yeah, you know, this is a time. We you know, do. He was, he was going to control a giant weapon that could kill anybody. So, I had to take I had to take him out. And, like, I, I mean, up until Flashpoint, that was still a, a point. That was that a was thing. That was a big moment in the DCU, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I was I was blown away by that. I mean, that whole event was awesome, and this omnibus is fantastic because it collects everything. Now I'm sad because I have the absolute, and I'm like, ah, oh, so I can't justify it. But if you can get it for a good price, I would recommend it because it's going to be everything. And that was just such a great. I mean, we could go on talking about that era. So yeah. if you read it and loved it, now's your chance because that book would go on the secondary market. Oh my God, it'd be like three to five hundred dollars. I mean, it's up there, so it's a great collection. Uh, Man of Steel number three will be out from Brian Michael Bendis. It is good. I mean, a lot, a lot of the naysayers are going to be like, ah, who cares, whatever. This, like, I'm going to be honest with you. The covers are kind of deceiving because, like, when you look at the pieces, it's it looks like it's like a flow-through of Superman's life. So far, we haven't really seen, like, I mean, it's it's very much modern times. Yeah, it did bounce back and forth, like that, the new villain, Rangu or Rangar or whatever his name is. Oh, the one with oh, the half-burned face yeah, yeah, and all yeah. that. Rangar like, Vax or something, something like that. Something like that, yeah. Like, apparently he was an agent of the quintessence in space, and he asked them, he's like, Krypton is a horrible world. We have to shut it down. We have to stop it. You don't know what these things are capable of. And, the you know, this, 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 group is like no and the one who gets chosen to tell him that we're not going to allow you to destroy Krypton is Appa'ala Apsi the guardian Mm. and if you know your Green Lantern mythology he's a mad guardian so you're like oh shit this is involving the Green Lantern Corps (laughs) you know because it does it leads to like who was the Green Lantern on duty that day? What was this all about? Blah, 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 blah. Which is something that we talked about recently. Yeah. The idea yep. of the, of the who, who's the Green Lantern that dropped the ball on Krypton. Yeah. And it's funny because when we did talk about that, you had two stories. There was right. always the classic that was Tomar Ray, 
And then they created that new one in that Adventures of Superman uh, digital comic. I forget his name, but he was just some made-up lantern that he was the one on duty. Mm -hmm. But even Green La Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps, you know, John Stewart, when he goes to um, Zod on his new planet, and he's like, look, we need your help stopping the Dark Stars. And they're like, screw you, Green Lanterns. You just tried to tell us what to do, and now you're over here begging for our help. We're not going to do it. And then John's like, okay, you don't want to help us, that's fine. I mean, I guess, you know, it doesn't matter to you that they're led by Tomar too, the son of Tomar Ray. And then Zod just kind of looks like, oh, really? <laughs> so, I mean, they're really hammering something there that both books are talking about it. So, I don't know. that Maybe that could be kind of cool, you know, the Kryptonians, the House of El, what's left, because everybody who survived seems to be related to Kal-El. <laughs> it's true. So the House of El versus the GLC. Well, I don't know if something. you uh, and I don't know if our listeners were uh, ended up watching that Krypton show on, on Sci-Fi Channel or not. No, I missed out. So uh, by the end of that first season, uh, you come to find out that Seg-El, Superman's grandfather, is right. also the father of Zod. General Zod. What? So yeah. now General Zod's his uncle. His uncle. Yowza. <laughs> like, yeah. they don't share the same... Uh, like, so Jor-El and, Z and Zod don't share the same mother. They same, share the same father. Yeah, okay. So they're half-brothers, but still that would be Kal-El's uncle. Uncle, right. Oh, man, I... <sighs> The show is really good, though, dude. Hey, it's an Elseworlds. That's all I got to tell myself. Yeah. It's an Elseworlds, and you just watch it for what it is. It, I mean. Yeah, I'll, maybe I'll have to check it out then. If you if you give it a stamp of approval, I'll have to put that on my watch. Because, yeah, so, I mean, I, I, I still do every now and then. I'll get agitated because I'm like, but that's not. But you know what? Different adaptation. Yeah. Got it. Over it. All right. I'll check it out. Uh, let's see. Moving along. Uh, Mr. Miracle number nine will be out. That has been a fantastic book. I cannot say enough about it. Beautiful art, great writing. Go get it. Get all nine issues. Buy enough for you and your friends. Uh, this is going to be one I think you're going to be excited about. Plastic Man number one. He's yep. getting his own six-part miniseries. It looks good. Uh, that Alex Ross cover it looks badass. So keep your eyes out for that if you can get it. Um, moving along. Oh, don't forget this one. Titans special number one. So this is going to be more of, I don't know if they'll bill it that way, but it's definitely going to be more of the fallout from no justice. So we're going to start seeing how the Titans and the teen Titans will be affected by the new uh, formation of justice leagues across the DC universe. Yeah. I think I saw a cover where you had Nightwing, Beast Boy, Ms. Martian, Donna Troy, and Raven on a Titans team. Yeah. And, something out of Which effect, made yeah. me interesting because Beast Boy, that means Beast Boy and uh, Raven got no kicked up from teen. teen Titans. Yeah, they went to Titans. And uh, and then also the fact that, I mean, not that this is a problem, but the fact that it's only Beast Boy and, and uh, Nightwing were the only male uh, team members on that. You had no. three female teams. I mean, which is, you know, we just seemed to, I mean... I don't know. I just, I don't well, know. It's, 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 it's one more, way you can look at it. It's yeah. like, hey, there's some the, you know changes coming and, and things like that. And the, the Titans have been a very progressive book. So it looks like the writers are continuing that, tr that just, tradition. It, but the idea that they brought in Ms. Martian, like you have all kinds of female Titans already. Like, Yeah, it's kind of funny. Like, wouldn't you want to keep Donna instead of Ms. Well, Martian? No, they had and, Donna. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. Or, but you, Bumblebee. Or, you know, or somebody, yeah. yeah. And, and you'd figure Ms. Martian's kind of a little bit better on the... Teen Titans, right? But ah, I don't know. It'll be interesting. And honestly, it's 
it's kind of neat that she's back. Yeah. You know, I'm just kind of surprised. So I'm curious what they'll do. Like, will they... Because I always pictured her being older anyways. Mm. Like I, fig- I figured her to be like John Jones' age. She just was kind of like, eh, these Titans are a little bit more fun than these leaguers, you know, some of that effect. <laughs> well, I mean, and she's... She's a white Martian. She's huh? a white Martian, oh, yeah. Okay, so. yeah, yeah. So, it's, I mean, obviously she can take whatever age she wants. She could she could definitely be older, but, you know, yeah. whatever. That should be the play that she is older than John Jones. <laughs> that could be funny. And last book from DC that I would recommend, Wonder Woman number 48. They've been doing some crazy stuff. This will be more Fallout, The Dark Gods. So this comes out of Dark Knights. Um, I, I flipped through the annual that was recently put out, Wonder Woman annual number two, where she goes back to being a star sapphire. Um, it looks kind of cool what they're going to do with these Dark Gods. So it's definitely going to, like, I almost feel like it's going to be like Wonder Woman on her Odyssey, you know. So it's going to be exciting stuff. So I'm very, uh, I recommend that book. I mean, it's it's been really good. I think there's a writer change, but it'll definitely be worth it to stay on there. Moving to the other side of the street, to the other big comic company, we are at Marvel Comics. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man 797 will be getting a third print, and Amazing Spider-Man number 800 will be getting a second printing. I recommend it. I really did enjoy this story, this Red Goblin uh, go down swinging. I think it's been fantastic. I'd recommend pick it up any way you can. Astonishing Ant-Man, the complete collection will be out. That was actually a fun run for Scott Lang's Ant-Man. Deadpool Assassin will be a six-issue... miniseries and basically this one's going to be more of an adult Deadpool so if you kind of want to see him get his hands well well dirty more than usual then definitely go pick it out let me ask you a question real fast with the Ant-Man books do you know if they brought in the character of Darren Cross from the Ant-Man movie into the MCU or the MU if I remember correctly actually I thought Darren Cross was an older character I don't know if they brought him back okay and but I don't know I, if they I, made him the yellow jacket. Yeah, I was going to say, originally he that. wasn't yellow jacket. Yeah, he was like a businessman, if a I remember correctly. Because yeah. yeah. uh, I was just wondering, because we talk about how many different Wolverines there are running out there, <laughs> and Spider-Mans that are running out there. Think about how many pe- different people use the Pym Particles that are in the Marvel U. I mean, you got Hank, Janet, uh, Hope, uh, or I'm sorry, what's her name? Nadia. Nadia. Nadia um, Eric, Scott. Uh, There's a lot. No, I can't name them all, but there are a lot of... Well, I guess Goliath said. Well, but his son, though, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, I think his son took over the Goliath. Bill Foster's son? Bill Foster Jr. or something? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, but it's funny because, yeah, it's like, all right, these are pin particles. Keep them a secret. (laughs) There's like a handful of people running around with this stuff, man. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, but, you know, that was a good run. But, yeah, I'll have to check into that and see if they've done, um, if they uh, have picked up more... Uh, more of Darian Cross and made him into that because again the Yellow Jacket title isn't being used so what a great way to kind of intorp- incorporate that to your books and all because I think the last one to use it was uh was was Hank himself right and then I, I know he br- like they brought it back in that Avengers Volume Three um, but I don't know I think there may have been somebody after but I don't know because I could have sworn I saw a female Yellow Jacket running around mm-hmm. but I could be wrong. Um, moving along, this one I highly recommend, Defenders Volume 2, Kingpins of New York. I actually I was flipping through my back issues today, and I ran across Defenders number 10. I was like, oh, I forgot to read that. Uh, this was David Marquez, the artist, and Brian Michael Bendis basically doing the Netflix Defenders book with Luke, Jessica, uh, Danny, and Matt. That book was amazing. It was fantastic, and it's amazing art, beautiful stuff. So I recommend go get it. Uh, I personally, I'm holding out to if they can make a trade that has all 10 issues in it. It's fantastic. If you, like I was going to put this out on Twitter today, 
if you want like a good pick me up book, that's the book. Hmm. It's just fun, you know. I mean, it is colossal, but it stays in its book, you know. So it's it's just it's fun. It's great. I recommend it. Uh, Hunt for Wolverine Adamantium Agenda will be getting a second printing, and issue two will be out. So if you missed out, they will be right there. Uh, Infinity Countdown Darkhawk number two will be out, which was surprisingly actually a pretty good book. I'm excited to see what they're going to do to the Iron Hawk, or sorry, the Darkhawk characters. Um, Marvel two in one annual number one will be out that, and that will show us more of what's Doctor Doom's future, and also what happened to the Richards. Where are they? What's going on? And how are things changing? Um, count or sorry, Marvel two and one has actually been really good. I recommend it. It's been fun. It's just a fun book. I mean, it started off kind of grim, and then it's it's kind of neat. It's a great buddy book between Ben and Johnny. Uh, Thor number one will be coming out. I'm gonna be honest with you. When I was reading the solicits, I heard Led Zeppelin in my head. <laughs> so I've I've got a good feel for this. Jason Aaron is bringing back the Thor Odin son, and yeah, he's gonna have a gold ho- uh, arm and a gold Mjolnir. But I, I'm excited to see what he's going to do. I mean, this guy's been writing Thor for a long-ass time, so I am stoked to see what's going to happen. So the, the gold Mjolnir, or Mjolnir uh, is that the original one? Is it like a new one that the, the dwarf built for him or whatever? Or? So I've got a running theory. Um, hopefully, you know, spoilers. Um, so when they killed Jane Foster, mm-hmm. they did the same thing. Mjolnir broke into pieces. And that obviously reverted Jane back into her form, and the chemo was gone, and she was basically ready to die. Um, but they didn't kill her because they're not going to do that. They just wanted to build up and show that she would sacrifice, and of course the gods are going to be like, no, we're not going to let her die that way. So she's back on Earth, and she's fighting the good fight against cancer. But when she was talking to Thor, um, she hands him to this little pebble. You know, She's got this little pebble, and she puts it in his big hand, and he like falls to the ground, and... You know, she's like, yeah, it's a piece of Mjolnir. So I almost feel like maybe that's what they did is they made a casting and they put the little pebble like in the center. And that's why it'll have Mjolnir like abilities, but it won't be as vast as Mjolnir. And that's probably what's going to lead us up to Thor being mighty once again, Mm -hmm. worthy, worthy. You know, so when we get to what we just had Thor 700. So by the time this book gets to 750 or, you know, at whatever, 725, because they'll probably go one and then 725, whatever anniversary issue comes, that's where they'll probably slap that tagline. Mm. So that's my running theory. Um, and then Venom number two is out. That book has been really good. I'm hearing good stuff about it. And X-Men Blue number 29. The X-Men books have been really good recently, so I definitely recommend jumping on them, and especially with who knows what's going to happen with extermination coming up so we don't know everything yet there's an ex-classified book that's being put out there and we know nothing we don't know who's even writing it so who knows what's going to be happening in the x universe so get all your clues from all your x-men books and that's what you can find on your spinner all right <laughs> very uh, expensive wednesday <laughs> since you you touched on it just a second ago with thor i want to talk about the fact that i read uh, i want i don't know what issue it is but the I guess the first one in the story arc of the whole Avengers, uh, you know, going up against the, what are they called, the final host? Yeah, so basically you read the newest volume of Avengers, if I remember correctly, I think it's volume seven, number one, mm-hmm. uh, by Jason Aaron and Ed McGinnis. So please tell me your thoughts. So uh, I, well, I I texted you this when I, when I read it because <laughs> I thought it was interesting that you... Don't had, tell the listeners that. <laughs> over in the, uh, no, in the Justice League universe, you have... Uh, Justice League, no justice going on, right? Yeah. So you have um, 
the 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 Justice League going up against these space giants that are called the Omega Titans. Yep. And then over here in the Avengers universe, you got the Avengers going up against these space giants that are called the Final Hosts, which are you know bigger and badder than the Celestials and stuff like that. It's just <laughs> like it's just like. I mean, you talk about it all the time, the whole symmetry of the two universes. Like, <laughs> It's so weird that they would both come up with this storyline at the exact same time. Because what is it? It's No Justice over in Justice League, and it's called uh, Final Avengers? No, what's the Avengers oh, storyline called? I, I forget what they're calling this one. But it was funny, though, because they just came off a story arc called No Surrender. No Surrender, that's, yeah. You know? So it's funny how you had one book, No Surrender, which involved the Earth being taken. Mm-hmm. So they have to fight to save the Earth. I mean, not that they're always doing, not always doing that anyways, right. but you know what I mean? Yeah, so, no, the symmetry, you, you're either infected, <laughs> or it really is just like, they're not hiding it anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, I was, I was just thinking about that. But, so... Uh, I liked in the beginning of this book was was what I really liked because it was Thor, Tony, and Cap just sitting down to have a beer and be like, "Yeah, the last couple of years have been really rough, and right. I don't know what to say about that." And you got Cap like, "Well, we need to we need to do it. We need to say the words." And he's like, and Tony's just like, "No, no, I just got back. You know, I'm not in a coma anymore. I don't want to do this." And <laughs> Thor's just kind of drinking more, and and Cap's like, "No, we we need to say it, Avenger." And he's like, "If you say assemble." I'm going to punch you, like, kind of thing. <laughs> and uh, then right when that happens, it's the whole, like, the world starts going to shit. Things start happening. Yeah. And the three of them, you know, have to get into action. And then you have, uh, what is it, Ghost Rider getting yeah, attacked by a bunch of bugs right around his uh, his little brother. Yeah, and then, then Robbie Reyes winds up fighting Jennifer Walter She-Hulk. Right. She-Hulk's, being, you know, being uh, uh, attacked or, yeah, whatever. You know, yeah, it's essentially... It was what happened in Breakout, Avengers Breakout, or New Avengers Breakout. Yeah, you're right. It's like, it's just this one thing happened and the heroes will unite. Yeah, and that's kind of what, it seems like that's what Cap was saying too at the beginning of this issue. Either Cap or Tony, one of the two, were saying like, it just, it usually just happens. Like, for some reason, we all become <laughs> a team anyway. So, uh, I don't know. I don't know what we need to do. And then it, the book ends with, you know, with Tony saying, all right, Cap, just say the words. And it says, you know, he's like, Avengers assemble. And, the, you know, they're all, the, it's, I th- I don't know if it's all of them together, if it's just him, the three of them. Well, I, feel, I, I felt it was just the three of them. Yeah. Um, but I got a question for you. Did you read the uh, Avengers free comic book day issue? Uh, I think I did. Okay, because that one, and I thought yes, it was neat. Yes, I did. Okay, yeah, because that's where basically, that's like Avengers Zero. Because that's a, that's a, uh, Odin talking to Black Panther. Yep. And he's uh, he's like, look, it's I know who the bad yeah, guy is. I need is. you to be the assassin. He's like, I'm going to clean up your mess. And he's like, it's, it's my other son. It's it's Loki. He's he's going to, and it, which is poetic because even, you know, he, he mentions it and Loki mentions it in, the first, in Avengers number one. It's like, Loki's like, look, I'm the one that put the Avengers together. I'm and, the one that did it. And I like that because how you're talking about it. It's like, it's almost like, what works with Avengers? Okay, so here's the classic. It was Loki. And then this is when they really got big with new Avengers. So let's take those two origins. <laughs> fire it up with some outer space shit. And there we go. We got a great book. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I like the idea. And, and honestly, I have no idea where Loki has been or what, what, he, what he's been up to. If he's been a good guy or a bad guy, a woman or what at this point. But... Uh, obviously, it looks like they're going to go full on bad guy uh, at the beginning of this because he's the one that's ushering in the final host. Yeah, I feel like he is. He's playing big time at this one. So yeah, this is like this is no longer that ambiguous hero Loki. This is like right. you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, I enjoyed that. Um, 
I think the other thing that I really, and it's not something that I enjoyed, but it's something that I want to talk about is over in the DC universe. Um, what was it? Superman, Superman comics just ended a story called Bizarro world. I oh think yeah. What the, it's called. Uh, the last arc for that creative team. Um, Patrick Gleason and oh god, I can see his name, but I can't picture. But anyways, keep going. Yeah, I just, I just did not like it. I did, I did not like the next issue after the Bizarre World, which is the one where uh, you know they're mo- it's moving day, like they're moving right. all their stuff out of their house in Hamilton, and then they eventually go to the the city fair or the county fair or whatever. Um, that was a good issue. I like that. But yeah, they did a nice send off. This whole Bizarro World issue, like. One, I, I already read Bizarro over in the Red Hood, Red Hood and the Outlaws, and uh-huh. I, I'm enjoying that Bizarro. Like he's got the intelligence, he's got the, uh, he's got you know he's got a purpose over there. I mean, maybe he's turning into a bad guy, maybe he's not. But this Bizarro, it almost seems like this is a Silver Age Bizarro, and it's outside of the timeline. And I don't know if they're supposed to be this two the same or not. But I don't, I really don't think they are. I think this is another one of those, uh, uh, you know. Uh, Flashpoint or whatever you want to call it, rebirth didn't didn't affect him. He was outside of the timeline because his world obviously exists in another dimension. Yeah, kind of thing. No, I like that, and I didn't even think about it because I'm glad you pointed that out. It's like I forgot that that Bizarro is not the one that we see in the Red Hood and the Outlaws, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh shit, you have two Bizarros running around. So it's like, yeah, I, 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 we were talking about this before we started, you know. So that's probably the Bizarro from Luther after Final Cry. Or, Oh god, the villains no uh, Forever Evil. Forever Evil. Yes, the one and, that's in the Red Hood and the Outlaws. Yeah, and that's a Bizarro I like. But yeah, when you start bringing in the whole Bizarro world and all the double negative speak, oh. uh, it was so hard to read those issues too. Like Yeah. My brain was just like locking up every time I had to read dialogue in that those books and then have to reread it and just like, oh, it's I don't I mean, I don't know. And then you got all of the villains and heroes and you got like you know bizarro joker or sir joker zaro i guess would you would call him but he's just like a little yeah. normal looking because i thought that was kind of interesting visually because everybody in bizarro world has white skin right well <laughs> not the joker the joker has regular uh you know pigment skin or whatever uh-huh. you know peach color uh uh so he's the he, that's why he's different and he's just sad the whole time okay. it's just like uh, I, and then you got Sinestro wearing a green, uh, cost, Green Lantern costume, and Hal wearing a Yellow Lantern costume in their universe, and it's just, you know, the Robin Zaro, and you know, it's just like, it's just, it's too corny. It's yeah, a they little went to too town much. With it. <laughs> and then, like the whole unit, the whole at, by the end of this book, spoiler, uh, the whole cubed planet of Bizarro World gets destroyed that whole dimension is destroyed holy shit but uh superman pulls out robin zaro and boy zaro uh because we're gonna use them later <laughs> right exactly i, I assume they're gonna show up sons in the new of tomorrow sons, or, uh, super uh, sons super book, sons book or whatever yeah. it's called uh and then bizarro himself takes off in a rocket ship that's going to go i guess to our dimension from his oh. that was that was created by bizarro lois to put bizarro boy in with her i, I don't know because they I, I don't know i think they all hated each other the three of them bizarro lois bizarro that would make boy sense bizarro. because obviously the clarks love each other right. so these would have to hate so, each other yeah that's uh, what we need to do we need to do like instead of like infinite crisis we do like limited happy time <laughs> of bizarros and we have all the different bizarros meet and then we're just gonna make one bizarro so that way Everybody can be happy, and it'll make sense. It and would, then, if it made sense, know, that'd be crazy. 
And I want to do something because I liked when they did that with Solomon Grundy when he talked normal. Right. Because I don't want to have to sit there and code what he's saying because now it's my interpretation. I'm like, well, that's what I think, but is that what the writer meant? Is that, yeah, is that the writer know, trying so to get I across? Something? So, yeah. so I just wanted to air my grievances on that story. <laughs> that I just really did not enjoy it. Uh, and if you're you're saying that was what Gleason's last, well, that was that was the one before the special. Okay. Like, so you know they did the the Bizarro story. They had the moving issue, and then they had the special. Mm. Or maybe the special, and the moving issue were not. Maybe they were the same. I can't remember right now. But yeah, it's kind of like. That leaves a sour taste because their run was pretty phenomenal. No, I did. I enjoyed you know? his run for most of it, and but like yeah. just to, to leave on that, it's just like ugh. Yeah, gross. And I mean, I get it because exactly they're gonna save Robin Zaro and Boy Zaro, so that way they can fight you know Damien and John. Mm-hmm. But it's like ugh, just do that in that book, you yeah. know? Like don't make us suffer through the whole damn thing. So yeah. uh, what did what did you read this past week? So this past week, the uh, the big books that I read. So um, I read Justice League number one. I liked it. Um, wow! They uh, spoilers. They killed Vandal Savage. Wow! Yeah, they straight up like Luther shows up and and it was cool. And I didn't get this. I mean, the line stuck in my head, um, and it helped because I read an interview with Scott Snyder. So Luther was part of No Justice, and he was on the big team to save the universe, mm-hmm. the galaxy, and all that stuff, right? And to help take down the Omega Titans. So. Luther got a picture of something, and I gleaned this from the interview, so maybe I missed something, but he said Luther realized what was the greatest energy that Earth put out? Entropy. Or not, was it entropy? Like, whatever, like craziness, basically. Like, it was the negative energy, because it wasn't wisdom, it wasn't heart, whatever the four trees were. Okay. So we put out entropy. So it's like, we're a cancer, we're worthless. So now Luther, that's why he's going to shift to being a bad guy. And so it made, me, it, it, question, it made me think when I was reading that part where Luther shows up to essentially kill Vandal Savage, he's like, as he's killing him, he's like, the reason you're paying for this is because you chose justice. And you're like, but what? And it's like, oh, it makes sense because it's like, yeah, justice is worthless. In our world, what do we put out? We put out bullshit. We put out negativity. So it was a great opening issue. Um, and I think this is going to set a stage for a neat showdown or fight or battle of the wits between Martian Manhunter and Lex Luthor. Ooh. Yeah. So, I mean, it was just, it was a great issue. I, I, I want more. So I'm excited about that. So uh, not oh, to, not to interrupt you, but uh, to interrupt you, uh, the only part of that story I've read so far, cause I haven't gotten to my justice league issues was, is the DC nation number zero where they kind of have the prelude to that. All right. Right. Where, <clears throat> sorry. Uh, what's this name? Batman is captured by, uh, somebody in that, and he's like, they're like, well, where is the rest of the just? Where is the Justice League? And he's like, which one? And then that's when you, you know, it calls out to all the was it four different teams? So you got Justice League Wonder, Justice League Mystery, Mystery. Justice League uh, Entropy, Entropy, and, and uh, oh god, yeah, the, the, because basically, like, so that would be like zero issue of right. Justice League No Justice, and those four teams. That's what led to the energy that the Omega Titans are trying to eat, and it just made me like, who would like? I I have to imagine that Batman didn't come up with those those names because that those are the silliest team oh. names. Well, like to me, like Wonder and Mystery aren't they kind of the same thing loosely? But I mean, you know. yeah, and, and I understand maybe calling it Team Wonder because Wonder Woman was on it, but like. 
It's almost like you remember when you were in grade school and <laughs> the, you know the teacher split you up into groups and she's like, okay, come up with the group name and you're like, oh, uh, we're team badass or we're yeah. team uh, we're team fox catcher or something. You know, I don't know. It's just some weird like throw out some random shit because you enjoy you. It's something that you like. You know, like oh, we'll be team. Uh, we're we're team. Uh, uh, team awesome cool yeah, yeah you team know awesome cool I no it, it kind of does feel that way like I, I i feel like i mean this is scott snyder uh josh williams the third and i think there was another writer involved and they've been doing some phenomenal stuff but yeah this is like to me i almost felt like the planning room must have been them with like a bunch of the justice league <laughs> unlimited action figures and they probably had a draw like dodgeball style like okay i'll grab i'll grab lobo yeah. and it's like damn i wanted lobo fine i'll grab damian wayne robin and you know so they they had like a mini draft and yeah you're right because like the, the, the because the, the the four teams were chosen because they had to go to that tree because essentially what's going to happen is each planet has the seed the wonder seed the mystery seed the entropy seed and Whatever wisdom for, the wisdom, wisdom seed. Team, so there's wisdom, the four yeah. and so obviously on brainiac's planet of Kalu, the wisdom tree was the biggest one yeah that's the that's who so, had them yeah yeah so he's the man. one who like turned them into the teams put them in the weird little suits with the glowy dots and he's like, yeah, you're, you're arranged this way because that'll be your maximum output as a team. So he's the one who put all that stuff together. But why the names happen that way? No, nah, that's because of the seeds. But yeah. it's all because of the writer. But you're right. It, you know, like, I mean, when you glance at it at first, you're like, what the hell? You know, and, and exactly. You see Wonder Woman on Team Wonder. You're like, well, why isn't the other one Team Bat or Team Dark and Team Super or Team Hope? You know, why yeah. not something like that? Yeah, but. So and then uh, the other two stories that were in that issue, you had the 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 Joker getting his invitation yes. to uh, the wedding, which was amazing. Like the the fact that he's like the guy just doesn't comprehend. Like, <laughs> why are you in my house? And he's like, I'm waiting for my invitation. It's gonna come. And he's like, Well, why would it come here? You don't know me. Batman doesn't know that you're gonna be here. And then he's just like, of course it's going to come here because today's the day, you know. It's gonna, it's gonna, to to Joker, it's gonna find him wherever he's at. It doesn't matter. And he's he's deemed this place, you know, where he's at. And he's like, but then he's like, oh, you know, I I only kill when I'm upset, like kind of thing, or I kill when I'm upset. And he's like, well, are you going to be upset? And he's like, not if I get my invitation. Yeah. And then uh, you know, it shows up, and it's just it, I don't. What, what was it? Uh, it was like some kind of letter. Oh, it was a letter saying like that his a, daughter was had missed school or something like that. Yeah, it was something to that effect. And he just reads it. And he's like, oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> and, and he's like, I'm happy. And I kill when I'm happy. So then he kills the dude. And it's just like, fuck. Yeah. No, that was great. And honestly, like, so that is issue 47.5. Mm-hmm. Because then issue 48, which is one of the books I read, Batman 48, it opens up, it's a wedding at a church, and there's a kid saying a, a prayer. Like, the whole front page is just this kid saying a prayer. And then when you see why he's kneeling down and praying, because it's the Joker with a gun to his head. So then Batman shows up, and he's like, what are you doing? And Joker's like, it's the only way I can contact you. Yeah. We got a wedding to plan, you know. And and I like the story is called Best Man. Right. So it's, you know, again, just it's it's such a dive into the sick, crazy world of the Joker. And, like, this one, like, this Joker is interesting to me because, like, I remember at one point he grabs the bride and he's got the gun to her and he's like, don't move, Batman. I swear to God, I'm going to kill her, okay? Don't you mess with me. I'm crazy. Boom. Damn, I lost my hostage. (laughs) And it's like, wow. I haven't seen that Joker since he killed Detective Sarah Essen. Ah, That was back in No Man's Land. Because I remember after he killed Sarah, he was like, that wasn't funny. Mm. And Gordon just goes into a rage, you know, and I'm like, that's the Joker right there because it doesn't have to make sense to us, 
it's got to make sense to him. him. And I like that. I thought that was great. So, yeah, if you like that, wait till you read 48. It's going to be great. And um, then the second story or the last story for us would be uh, the, the Man the of Steel. The Man of Steel. So the prelude to the Man of Steel book that Brian Bendis is writing. And I didn't understand the whole Lois wasn't working at the Daily Planet thing anymore. So that's the mystery. That's what they're building up to because oh, okay. the, the, the other one of the other books I read was Man of Steel number two. And yeah, so basically read like when it all comes out, I would recommend read Action Comics 1000, read DC, DC Nation Zero, and then Man of Steel 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. So each little sub chapter is planting its seeds. And that's what's neat about Man of Steel. Like it's not a rehashing of here's the origin of Superman where we see Luther or not Luther, um, Jor-El. Kal-El, oh. or sorry, Jor-El and Zod fighting before the council and all this shit. No, this is like, there's a real-time modern mystery. And, you know, it's like Lois got the office, but then she published a book and she doesn't work at the Daily Planet anymore. And then the new uh, the new uh, woman in the office now, she's kind of, she knows Clark's got a mystery. And, she's working you know, for somebody else or something like that. Something's going to, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that in that issue, yeah. So in this issue, number two, it picks up some of that thread where she's like, so, you know, what's up with Clark? What's his deal? And the person he's talking to is like, well, yeah, Clark, he's a writer. He's always got, he's got something. He's got information. Well, why doesn't he want to talk to me? Well, he's, you know, very Smallville. He's got these values. He's, you know, but he also has a secret. And so, ooh, okay, that's a big word when you're talking Superman. So, yeah, so it's kind of funny. That book you read is perfectly to springboard into the books I'm reading reading, right here. Yeah, Um, But, yeah, all three of those were great. Uh, You've got some good stuff coming up. That's what I can say. Uh, On the Marvel side of stuff, I read Infinity Countdown number four. Wow, they did it. Galactus is no longer the life bringer. He's back to Eden Worlds, and the Silver Surfer is his herald. Wow. Yeah, that was big because they are, I forget whatever the planet is, but basically Ultron Pym took over a world. He's got the Soul Stone. He tried to absorb Silver Surfer. I remember that. Adam Warlock came. They broke it apart. Warlock healed Surfer, and then Surfer fled, and he goes to Galactus. He's like, look, dude, I need you to eat that planet. I need you to destroy it. And Galactus is like, no, you don't understand what you're asking. Because basically it's going to go back to the way Galactus was. Mm-hmm. And they do it. And they manage to – Pym lives – well, not Pym. Uh, Ultron Pym lives. and But they do recover the the uh, Soul Stone. So the good guys have – well, Adam Warlock has it. I don't know if he's necessarily a good guy or not. Um, ben Riley, Scarlet Spider number 19 was a book I read. And it was great because I forgot to read issue 18. So when I jumped into 19, I was like, this is weird. And then I was like, oh, so I read 19, went back and read 18. That was a neat little two-parter. Uh, it dealt with Mysterio and his daughter and the Crimson Bands of Koiderak. Some of that was in there. So Mysterio looks like he got an upgrade. Uh, and it was just fun seeing Ben Riley in action. But the big book, honestly, like it was my number three pick. But after finally reading it, I thought, wow. Immortal Hulk number one. This is a suspenseful, mysterious, scary-ass Hulk. Who's writing that? Um, Al Ewing. Okay. Did I say it right for once? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's writing it, and wow. So I just wanted to bring it up because after you tweeted Oh, right, it, right, right. Uh, you had uh, I don't I don't know if it was a per- I don't know who it was just a random guy. Some random like, to me, yeah. He said something like, uh, I didn't like, uh, was it Spider-Verse? No. It was something he said he didn't like it, so he didn't he didn't want to try it out. Uh, he didn't want to try out um, Immortal Hulk, and then Peter David said, 
uh, came on and he's like, nope, it's still going. Cause he well, no, so yeah, so this guy got on two of my tweets and I was kind of afraid because I'm, I'm new to the Twitterverse. So yeah, on a different one when I posted the, the I posted the uh, upcoming tw- t- uh, teaser poster for Spider-Geddon and That's then this right. person said, ah, I didn't like Spider-Verse and I asked him why. And that one kind of stayed what it was. But then on the other one when I did my top three Marvel picks, and he asked, I thought Immortal Hulk number one got canceled. And I was like, no, it's it's very real and it's very worth it. And the artist chimed in. He liked what I said. And then the guy took Al Ewing's post because I noticed that too. Like when you click on Al Ewing's Twitter, you're blocked. And I don't know if it's just select people because I'm like, what did I do to piss off Al Ewing? You know, like, I don't know. Oh, my God, I'm scared. But he got the same link that I did that it was all dead. I mean, I hope I I tagged the correct artist, but I mean, I, I researched that stuff before I tag mm-hmm. and then, yeah, you're right. And it was kind of cool that Peter David jumped in and he's like, no, the book's out there, man. And I think the guy said one more thing. So I just let it go. I was like, yeah. I'm not going to feed the troll. Yeah. Sorry if you're listening. I, I don't mean to imply you're a troll, but I don't know what the hell's going on. So I'm going to, I gonna just thought it, was, I thought it was great that Peter David chimed in and just wanted, yeah. he wanted to just be like, no, it's still going. Like, yeah, enjoy the book, guys. Yep. I just I assumed that he was writing it, but I guess he's not, huh? No, no, he's not. This is Al Ewing, and but I mean, Peter David does have a huge history with the Incredible Hulk. He did a mammoth run on the Hulk. Uh, he did a lot of wild stuff for Bruce Banner, and he did a lot of great stuff for the Marvel U. But yeah, his run of Incredible Hulk that's on my like before I die list of books to read. Is he writing something for the Marvel U right now? Uh, Scarlet Spider. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So he's writing that. So that's how he knew about what was going on. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I want to pretend Peter David was like, oh, Chris posted. What did Chris write? But he's probably like, who the hell is this? This idiot shouldn't be saying anything. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, was uh, was that everything? Oh, or? well, no. I just, I just got to say, though, that Immortal Hulk book. So I need oh, to okay. go back and read um, No Surrender so I can get some parts that I'm missing. But it's like, I mean, this book started off intense. And I mean, it's like, when you like because you they're bringing the thought bubbles back or the the thought boxes and i mean when we're inside bruce banner's head and when we see what happens it was great and i mean honestly the hulk doesn't appear until like the last five pages of the book and even when he does they built the suspense up so well and this book was beautiful like it wasn't initially on my to buy list i think i regret that Mm. so yeah very good book so yeah those are those are the the six books that i the, the top six that i read for the week and uh I just want to throw in one more because I read it and I really, I'm really enjoying the book. Is and I don't know if you're reading it or not, but Old Man Hawkeye. No, I'm not. So tell me about it. Uh, so it's just uh, you know what? Like I really loved Old Man Ho- Logan. Like I thought that was a great book in, in itself. And then you know the idea of this was going to be a prequel to that because you know Hawkeye dies in the Old Man Logan. Right. But like uh, just to sh- I don't know. I guess see where he's going to be. You know, coming from before you get to Old Man Logan. Like and his eyes are degenerating because you know in Old Man Logan he's he's blind. Yeah. But uh, no, the book so far is great and like you know you got Bullseye kind of tracking him down through oh, nice. through, through, the, through the the nation like uh, everywhere he goes Bullseye shows up to like try and kill him and stuff and uh, Hawkeye is is going his basically his mission it's because it's his last mission before he knows he goes blind completely uh-huh. is to track down all the Thunderbolts because the Thunderbolts are who killed. The president, or they're the ones that broke up the country. The, I think they might have killed the rest of the Avengers. Oh, or they killed somebody, and he's really pissed about it. So he's getting his revenge on, right? And and it was like you know the first person. I don't remember who the first one he killed, but when he goes to kill Mach Five or Mach Ten or whatever, you, uh-huh. Mach Mach whatever Ben whatever his name is, he puts on the Beetle outfit, his original like 
oh, power suit yeah. to, to fight him. And he, he does a really good job. And, like, Ben's like, you know, I did it only because I was protecting Songbird. She's the love of my life, you know, kind of thing. Melissa, oh, you know. Oh. So that's the supposed to be the next person that he's going to be going after. And uh, it's just like, I was like, oh, no, the first person he killed was Atlas. He killed Atlas first, who was kind of working for the government at the time he killed him. So, huh. uh, But you, as we know in Old Man Logan, the government is evil because it's run by the Red Skull. But just thought I, it's it's a good it's a really good book and uh it's and you know you have was it symbiotes that were attached to jamie madrick's multiple man so you have oh shit yeah that was that's a crazy weird. idea yeah. because by the time you get to old man logan the symbiotes is are uh, attached to place, a, yeah. well they're attached to that t-rex you remember because they're that's they're, right they're, those they're weird dinos yeah. yeah so uh which i think you kind of get a hint at in in the book at one point um because you see a t-rex skeleton and uh, I think that's around the area that you, wow. you're seeing the Venoms. But it's a it's a good book. If anybody you know is is looking for something extra to read uh, that's outside that the, world yeah. of Old Man Logan, which makes me wonder why they're bringing that up. Why are they bringing up the Old Man Logan world? The old, now Old Man Hawkeye is is he going to get moved into something, or, or are they going to put Old Man Logan back over there from the Six One Six universe? You know, there's enough of that world building now to merit something like that. Like maybe. You know, maybe you give him a happy ending, and when you send Old Man Logan back, you send him because what is it? I think that's a twelve issue miniseries, and right. I think you're on issue five. Mm-hmm. You know, so maybe in seven months, which well, probably six months because I think you're usually a month behind. Yeah. So six months from now, who knows what's going to be happening? Maybe we don't need all those Wolverines. So they send Old Man Logan into his world. 10 years prior to the events of old man Logan. Maybe you let Wolverine have a happy ending for once. Maybe. No, <laughs> no, I doubt it, but maybe, you know, but, but that would be something, but yeah, no, I, I think I, that one, I might trade weight it. Cause I did like, I, oh, I, I didn't, think it'd be a great I, you know, trade read. Yeah, yeah. It'd be, so that's good to hear. And I know you're a Hawkeye fan I am. and I know you like that world. So yeah, that, that's good to hear that. It's cause sometimes it's scary because I know it's not the same writer, right? It's yeah, not it's even not, the same creative it's team. It's not Mark Muller. Yeah. So, so that's scary because it's like, Oh, will they have that same voice and passion for that world. So good. I'm glad to hear that they did. Uh, okay. So let's get on to our challenge then. Um, Amazing Spider-Man number 800, uh, going down swinging. Um, what, I mean, the big mystery was who before when the solicits were coming out, who is the red goblin? Yes. So by the time we get to 797, 798, something like that. Yeah. Maybe 796. Maybe you kind of already figure out who it is because I, 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 does he even, does he show himself as the red goblin? Well, at first we see Norman Osborn, and then he acquires the Venom, the Carnage symbiote. Yeah. And it's like, well, what is he going to do with this? What's going to happen? And then finally, yeah, like, maybe you're right. I think, like, 796 is where he acquires the, the, the stuff. And then, like, 797, we see him talking. And then 798 is the first time we see him with uh, and he's the, talking the thing to on it. Talking to J. J. Jonah, Jonah Jameson. Jameson yeah. yeah. So the idea is that he wants to know from J. Uh, Triple J, whatever you want to call him, J.J., that who is Spider-Man underneath the mask? And... And I, you know, in the I guess because I haven't been reading a lot of Amazing Spider-Man lately, but uh, J. Jonah knows. I, so after Clone Conspiracy, he knows that Peter well, so Parker and Spider-Man. It's funny that you say that. It didn't even happen in Amazing Spider-Man because, oh, like, if happen? you were just reading Amazing Spider-Man, you're gonna come into this book and you're gonna be like, "How the hell does Jonah know?" And that happened in the Spectacular. Is it Spectacular? So the Peter Parker book, yeah, the other Spider-Man book that's out there by Chip Zardowski. Uh-huh. Um, I want to say, I think they call it Spectacular Spider-Man. Um, yeah, it was like, I think it was their lead up to issue 300 and then like 
301 or something but about like luckily i scored it just because i saw that cover where it shows spider-man and j jonah jameson sitting at a table and jonah's leaning over and pointing at him and pete's kind of our spider-man's relaxed and you know i was like something big's gonna happen mm. here and basically like it, it, the the issue i want to say it was like oh my god i feel bad i usually am good with my numbers 301 is screaming out but i don't think that's right i want to say it was either 300 or 299 but anyways around that area Google it, people. Gosh, not but uh, so. Anyways, so J. Jonah Jameson wants Pete or wants Spider Man to come over, and he wants to talk to him, and he wants to hash it out because he's going to do it on his uh, webcast series because he's no longer working for the Daily Bugle. Right. So they're there, and then Spider Man shows up, and he's like, "Wait, you brought me over here for an interview? This is bullshit, Jonah." Blah blah blah. So they're fighting and fighting and fighting, and of course they're pointing the finger at each other. You know, it's like, "Well, Spider Man, you're a menace, and all these things happen to you." And he's like, "Yeah, but you're a businessman, and you let all that shit happen, and you created the Spider Slayers, you funded that, and you allowed this." And you know, then finally they touch the big one, Marla, and they're both sad. And finally Jonah's like, "You know, get the hell out of here," and. Spider-Man's getting ready to leave, but then, of course, Peter Parker comes through, and it's like, dude, it's your brother-in-law, and we forget about that. Mm -hmm. They're brother-in-laws, and it's like, yeah, so finally Pete takes off the mask, and he's like, hey, Jonah, you're not alone. You don't have to deal with this alone, and it's like, what? (laughs) Oh, my God, and now Jonah's acting like an Alfred, you know? Right. Yeah, so So we we got some weird changes coming. (laughs) At one point, like, he doesn't give up. I don't know how exactly. I, I well, it basically gets beaten out of him or something. He but, says something you know. to the fact, and then all of a sudden, all the memories come floating back into uh, Norman's head of like, oh, yeah, Pete is Spider-Man. And then it, it, and 800 goes from there. He's attacking all of Peter's friends. Uh, it goes after uh, Harry and the Harry's kids. He goes after um, uh, Mary Jane. He goes after Aunt, Aunt May. May. Uh I think that was it. That was the, yeah, the big three. Okay. And then, you know, he obviously attacked the spider family, you know, right. Agent Venom, uh, Silk, Silk uh, Spider-Man, Miles Morales. Miles Morales, yeah. You know, one of the spider women, I think. So, yeah, the idea, you know, uh, and then he, he was, who is it they're trying to protect when all the spider, uh, spider family comes out to, I think they're trying to get little Normie Osborne, right? Oh man, what? Yeah, I think you're right because I think the first time they all like meet up and the first place to stop is the Osbournes, being Harry, Liz, and Normie, and then so they attack, and that's where Red Goblin really unleashes and beats the hell out of yeah, them. Yeah, because at one point Spider-Man goes to fight Green Goblin, and uh, he doesn't. He does. He's fighting Norman Osborn in the Green Goblin outfit, and he doesn't. His spider sense doesn't react to it, and he's like, "What? What's going on? I don't understand. You know, how is he able to sneak up on me?" Yeah, and he doesn't get it, and he he find, he he beats Norman Osborn in a way that you know you normally associate with Spider Man beating uh, the Green Goblin. You know, he gets impaled, and then he's like, "Oh man, I can't believe he's dead again." And then all of a sudden, <laughs> he's not dead. The the red the symbiote, symbiote comes, comes out, through, yeah. and then he's like, "Oh my god, the Cardi, what? That can't be!" And then. Then you come to find out that Sonics don't work on him and Fire doesn't work on him because those aren't weaknesses yeah. to the Green Goblin. Those are weaknesses to the symbiotes. And, well, you got Green Goblin formula and you got symbiote formula mixing together and makes for a very powerful foe. Uh, the only thing that we see actually work as a um, uh, to, to fight off the symbiote, the, the red symbiote, is uh, uh, the white symbiote, the anti-venom. Yeah, the symbiote. anti-venom. Because I, and this is the thing I didn't know because I, I, I just didn't read enough about anti-venom. Is that the touch of the anti-venom actually 
de- deteriorates the venom or the yeah. symbiote. So, so I thought that was interesting. Uh, but he, I mean, since uh, Flash also has a healing touch through his symbiote that he uses. Well, so the a, the anti venom is like yeah, it's a cure all for normal people, right? And then it's anti venom for venom, yeah. So he he uses up a lot of his ability healing everybody that's at the fight. Which is who's that other one? The the one the sound guy that I didn't I didn't know. Oh about. god, he was created during uh, uh, when they re- did one of the relaunches. I forget his name, but he's like a new character because he's he's basically Peter Parker, but he stayed more selfish. Right, I okay. forget the character's name, but yeah. But uh, yeah, so he was uh, like Peter says, I I know you're doing this whole Robin Hood thing. You're trying to act like a villain, but you're actually a good guy. So right. you're going to come help me because you have to, kind of thing. Yeah, well, because and that was a big one was, um. Pete, like when the Green Goblin Spider-Man fight happened, Green Goblin beat the shit out of Spider-Man, and he's like, "I'll let you live, but I better never see you in costume." That's so right. that's why he started going out to his his slinger support, yeah, his web line of heroes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a that was a big thing. Was that he's like, "Look, you, I I won't attack any of your family, I won't attack any of your friends, but." You can't put on the spider webs ever again. Yep, spider kind of done. Yeah, which I just thought that maybe he was going to throw on another costume. Yeah, I figured, like, hey, maybe you could do a little head nod to some uh, identity crisis. Yeah, there. <laughs> something like that. But no, that didn't happen. Um, he he takes it as as Norman goes after uh, Harry and his family as he was attacking his, his friends and stuff like that. But Norman was actually just going after his grandson because yeah. he really wants Normie. Uh, so, Poor kid. Yeah, right? Like... Why did they call him Norman Jr. when he's the grandson, though? Like, I always thought that was weird. You know, I think it's one of those things that people can do when, like, maybe with them being alive. That's why they can say it. I don't know. I mean, because I always take Jr. as its direct lineage. Right. But. I mean, uh, if you're just named after your grandfather, then you're named after your grandfather. Yeah. So, uh, eventually, uh, Spider-Man, you know, uh, he calls in Flash to help. Or not Flash. Uh, not well, Flash. Anti-Venom. Uh, Brock. Oh, yeah. He, no, uh, Jonah did. Jonah did. Jonah, right. Jonah calls in Brock to help. Because he figured out who... Uh, he figured out Eddie... Yeah, because not only that issue that you're talking about, which was 800, that's where Eddie Brock... Or, sorry, that's where J. Jonah Jameson learned the secret identity of Venom. He right. figured out Venom and Eddie he Brock. he was like, insane. oh, hey, you, you, you go under the name of something Sim... Yeah, for so this he, other last paper. Name, <laughs> yeah, so uh, so yeah, he calls up Eddie and says, "Hey, get over to uh, Mary Jane's, I think, to to protect her." Yeah, and you know that's not good because Mary Jane's had very bad experiences with Venom. Yep, and it freaks her to fuck out. But then he does, he is able to protect her for a little bit, and then uh, or, or was it man? No, it was, no, it was, it was Mary Jane because that's what they played up on. Yeah, was her fear of the Venom symbiote, and then. Uh, and, and the Spider Slayer is what went to save Aunt May, right? Yeah, because Jonah piloted the Slayer to go, and then that's when I don't know if you, you hope you don't mind if I jump that horse. Yeah, and Doc Ock winds up coming out as right. well because Doc Ock, who is in a body, a, a clone body of Peter Parker, yep, um, shows up there to save Aunt May or protect Aunt May as well, and he ends up quote unquote dying at one point. Like he's beaten pretty bad, and I think. I think Spider-Man even asked him, like, why did you do it? And he goes, it's because of you. Like, I have all these memories yeah. of you and, and your love for this woman. And it made me, you know, so that I, I came here to protect her kind of thing. Like, I'm inside your head. Well, he has a love for uh, 
Aunt May as well because he almost married her. That's what I was going to bring up. I was yeah. like, at, in in the Spider Man history, Doctor Octopus and Aunt May were going to get married. So why didn't they bring that up? I almost want to say it's been retconned. No, I, I it still happened. It's just that love has passed because now he's got the the new. He went from loving Spider Man's aunt to now loving his former girlfriend. Right, or forcing himself i don't know how you explain that <laughs> but no so yeah like obviously he's always watching may because he loves that woman he loves her differently though i, I in my interpretation i took it as he loved her because that was a woman he was going to marry he has such respect for her and he did look at her through different eyes when he was peter parker right you know so but yeah but why the heroics and why do that stuff it's because of you peter it's because <laughs> of you right so uh i thought that was interesting and then um uh, it was Brock was like, I'm too weak to to go on. You need to do it, but you need the power of the uh, the Venom symbiote. And then he says something about uh, make sure you protect him. And and Venom's like, or no, Spider uh, Spider Man's like, yeah, yeah, you need to protect me. And then Venom, or yeah, well, Brock is like, no, I was talking to you to protect the Venom symbiote. Like the yeah. idea that the two of them are so uh, you know incongruent like that. Is in, in that they share such a, a close bond that it's, ooh, I don't know. The fact that he gave it up was interesting. So we got the black suit Spider-Man again. Yeah, and apparently that's going to play off in um, Colin Bunn's, he'll be the new writer. So he's going to have some of that taking over. So what does that leave the Venom book? Yeah, the Venom book exists outside of the time continuation. <laughs> no, I don't know. Because I was thinking that myself. I was like, well, wait a second. How does... Venom happen if he doesn't have the symbiote, if Spider-Man's going to have it. So I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting. You know, so that one is unfortunately a wait and see. Mm. How will they answer that question? I don't know. So uh, then the at the end of it, you you know, you have Flash Thompson ends up dying. That broke my heart a little. I was I was not expecting that. Because he's, he's sitting there using the last of what he's got to he- keep everybody alive. And then eventually he heals up Spider-Man's leg. But, yeah, yeah it, it doesn't work out well for Flash Thompson, who at this point now has gone from uh, high school bully to, uh, you know, best uh, Peter Parker's best friend to uh, army vet. Yeah, injured army vet. Yep, and purple then, heart recipient, and and then gets a, a a brain injury too when he was in that car accident. Yep, and then uh, eventually uh, Agent Venom, like part yeah. of the Secret Avengers, part of the Avengers in mm. his own right, part of the Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy. Galaxy yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't think it was a, it was good for him to die in this issue. No, and you, you you made me think, you know, because like I felt like it was a death, you know, like I. I mean, it didn't make sense because it's like, okay, well, if I give you five ounces of anti-venom to help you survive, but I'm covered in the stuff, I should be okay. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't know. But, I, 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 like, I mean, the fact that they showed the funeral and all that stuff, and I was like, damn, this is for real. But maybe they show you the funeral because, again, the real epilogue is going to happen in 801, so there still might be a chance. But, yeah, I just felt it was so sad that it's like, because I've been there. I've been there with, you know, Hal Jordan. It's like, here's this character. He's got his world and everything's great. But no, we're going to change it, you know. And fans of Wally West understand what's, what I'm talking about as well. And it's like, well, no, we got this movie coming. So we want to put Eddie Brock back in the driver's seat and burn it all down. And literally to the point of like, yeah, just kill Flash. Who cares? 
So it blew my mind. It was so sad because you're right. You you named off all those accolades that this character has. He's the one character in all of the Spider-Man books who has grown mm-hmm. because Pete still hasn't grown. I mean, Pete still well, has it, his tomfoolery. And, and they all tried that. to make him grow. You know, he tried to become an adult and then we had brand new day, which brought him right back to being a, a yeah, lackluster, yeah, you know, go back to sleeping on couches and everything. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and it's just like, I, to me, I guess I, I knew that there was going to be a death coming. It, it, it had, to yeah. Happen. Cause it's a, it's an anniversary. And so. I just, I just figured J- Jonah, I figured J Jonah Jameson was the one that was going to die. He, he now has this respect for Spider-Man. He was going, you know, he, he knows the secret. He, he's been one of the biggest foils in Spider-Man's career for whole his life. What a, you know, sack, what a major sacrifice that would be. Like he would yeah. jump right in front of the, the the wound or whatever it's supposed to be you know kind of thing yeah. or and then uh, but he doesn't it's 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 Flash and and yes it's comic books so no one ever stays dead for too long uh, but you know how long is it going to be that Flash is going to be get dead you know how is it they're going to bring him back you know is it going to be is it going to be him is it going to be uh, anti venom that com- or agent anti venom that comes back is yeah. it's is it going to be another clone I mean there's going to be all kinds of you're going to paint yourself into a corner having to bring him back to life and it's it's going to it's not going to come out well. Yeah, no. Like I mean cuz you're you're right it brings up too many things. Like I would say the best thing they could do is let the body lay dormant and then obviously they didn't take the anti-venom off and it slowly healed him. So almost kind of like a death of superman thing where it's like he slowly rejuvenated back to life. Um, because yeah, the clone thing don't do that in the Spider Verse. Because mm-hmm. um, that's how they brought Black Widow back, right? You know, and and not not just a clone. She's got several clones that are ready to be launched whenever one dies. It's yeah. like what? So, then what about the blonde Black Widow that we had for all those times? You know, what does that mean? I mean, yeah, it, no, it, it does stuff. So I mean, like, I hope they do that. Um, I I just want them to give Flash more. I feel like he's the character where it's like, oh, we got to screw somebody, screw Flash. Well, I mean, like, you know? it, if you wanted to have your funeral for a friend in the Marvel Universe, especially since he's now been an Avenger and a Guardian, you should have had every superhero yeah. at the fucking grave, at the funeral, being like, yeah, he was a great man. You know, this is a... I mean, if anybody, Captain America should have been there. It's as a fellow soldier. Yep. Yeah. No, it's like you look at all that stuff. Because, yeah, it's not like it felt like, oh, okay, he just died and then the next day we'll bury him. No, I mean, that takes some time. And it's like, yeah, the fact that no Avengers showed, no heroes showed, that pretty shitty it's pretty shitty so i don't know maybe 801 will give us some more answers i'm gonna talk to you dance lot i need to talk to you all (laughs) right fist was shaking so uh at the end of it he ends up defeating red goblin i forget i don't even remember how he does it well he basically he he manages to kill off the venom symbiote uh then he takes his symbiote off and then you have the peter parker well he tricks him into using his hubris you know that's right you don't kill me carnage killed me and so of course then green goblin's like get the hell off me carnage i gotta kill him and he he defeats uh spider-man defeats green goblin so norman osborne's locked up spider-man manages to slip in because of john jameson the son of j jonah jameson he's like yeah the head of the prison or whatever some some correctional Yeah. yeah And so, you know, Pete's our Spider-Man's like, all right, so what's going to happen? What's going to what's going to go on? He's like, nothing will happen, Norman, because Cletus is in charge. You know, yeah. So. Yeah. Cletus, yeah. Uh, what is it? Cletus Clay? Cletus Cassidy. Cassidy. Yeah. He's in uh, he's that personality is in charge. And we already know that Norman Osborn has, uh, you know, split personality or dissociative. Yeah, so many disorder. people in that damn. Yeah. Head of his. So the, the taking on the symbiote gave him a little bit of Cletus's memories or whatever uh, which makes you also wonder where the red symbiote is at where the carnage symbiote is at yeah because you can't get rid of carnage no that's too big a character i mean 
Cletus is gone. He's dead. Is he? I, that's what I last I remember. That's what I felt like they were implying, but I don't remember seeing him die. So maybe he's going to end up showing. You up know again. where he was, and damn it, I, that was such a tough crossover to read. That poison. Uh, Venomous. Mm. So it started in the X-Men Blue Venom crossover, that Poison X, then it's spilled over, and that's right. Cletus has been separated, so these other symbiotes from the Spider-Verse, because that's when we got Venom-Verse, mm-hmm. they converged, and they were like, Cletus was the only human who could have total control. Like he Apparently his control is even better than that of Eddie Brock. Right. So he has one of those. He's got a Carnage symbiote on him, but it's a different type. Mm. Yeah. So look forward to those two getting reunited <laughs> at some point. <laughs> so uh, and then uh, I think the last part of that would be the was it the epilogue where you had a, a new Doctor Octopus or Doctor Octopus in a new body or something like that. Well, so finally we we see what's under the mask of Doc Ock in his new costume, and yeah, he gets a job at Verizon Labs. That's and, right. You know, he he's talking with Max Modell, and then they run into oh, I can't think of her name, Annabelle. Annabelle, and then she kind of picks up like, huh, th- that tone seems familiar, and you know, he's like, oh yeah, well, you know, everybody else works to achieve things. I always work to be superior. <laughs> so yeah, he's over on the West Coast with the Horizon yeah. Labs. So whatever you know, whatever that means, he's 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 uh, superior. Octopus is still around. Yep, the superior octopus. So in our challenge, what we wanted to do, we wanted to make uh, uh, someone who, I well, well I, who would do this in the DC universe? Right, who so, would, who would steal another power to go on their mission? Right, and then uh, you need your three people that are going to be threatened from your heroes, quote unquote heroes, uh, from that life. family, from that title, yeah, from that universe. Um, I went with one of my favorite. Heroes. I went with uh, Rick Tyler, uh, the Hour Man. Nice. So uh, I don't know. I don't know why what it is about Rick Tyler that I just enjoy, or the Hour Man powers that I just enjoy. The whole one hour of power kind of thing, I guess. Uh, but um, uh, you go with uh, the JSA connection. You have uh, Eclipso and Wizard. Now Wizard, I had to look up. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> very old character, very old villain. But he uses magic. He uses a type of magic to. Uh, to commit his crimes, trying to get whatever he wants, and then you have the Eclipso Diamond, which is an actual, which is actual magic, yeah, like kind of thing. So, uh, if you think of the Eclipso Diamond, it's kind of like a symbiote. Yeah, it, it gives you powers for a little while, and then eventually it takes over your mind. It, it makes it so that you do the evil things. If you remember Hector Montaz, I believe is his name was yes At Montaz. One, yeah, the one point in time he was a. Curator, uh, the of the curator JSA for the JSA, yeah. yeah, and he in he he lost. Uh, I want to say some family family. Well, so too. his sister, his older sister, became Wildcat too. Okay, and so she. That's why he had that connection to the legacy of the JSA, and she was killed. Um, I thought she was killed during the crisis, but I think in actuality they wound up killing her. Uh, because of Eclipso, so that's why he was so fascinated by the Eclipso. And then eventually Magic he uses history. the Eclipso to try and be a hero, and then, you know, as it does, it takes over the mind. because yeah, at first he's got a hold of it. Like, he managed to put a spell on himself mm-hmm. so he could get the powers, but then, yep, you're right. And, and, and we've seen it in Justice League, you know, where the, the Eclipso Diamond has taken over all the Justice League, and, and all you know, it's a it's a powerful thing. So yeah. Yeah, the the idea of the wizard getting hold of the, the, the Eclipso Diamond and then now going up against one of his, the, at least the namesake of one of his biggest rivals, the Hour Man. So that well, and there was even better connection. Uh, Rick Tyler, Hour Man Two, the Hour Man you're talking about, he was responsible for the death of the wizard. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's a that's a good connection point that you're dropping. So that's that's a massive one. Like, why would this wizard want to go after our man? Because in one way, he did kill him. He did kill him. Yeah. Uh, so then, uh, my aunt May, I guess, would be um, Rick's own mother, uh, Wendy Harris, an actress that married uh, Rex Tyler. Uh, family member that you know would definitely hey, that's definitely Aunt May. That's the mom. Um, then, uh, my Mary Jane would have been, uh, the, well, the, the, the person that he ends up loving in my run of Rick Tyler's from the JSA, um, Jesse Chambers, who we knew at one point as Jesse Quick, eventually becomes Liberty Bell because she loses her connection to the Speed Force and then takes up the powers that her mother had as Liberty Bell. So she has flight and super strength, uh, which to me, like, it seemed like, well, Mary Jane's not a hero, but in this story, Mary Jane is the right hand well, assistant. since she's left Pete, she has become heroic. You right. Know, she's, she's had some spider powers due to Spider Island. Mm-hmm. She's worn Iron Man armors because of being in the Iron Man book. So, yeah, she has she's a ventured hero off right, yeah. and carried on some legacies. So yeah. it, it, I thought that worked out perfectly. And then my, uh, my uh, Flash Thompson, my, anti, my, veg, my agent anti-Venom, would be uh, Damage, the kind of uh, the son that Jesse Quick and uh, Rick Tyler took on as uh, is their adopted child in the JSA just because not so much that he was a child he's he's a well, grown he was younger man, than but he was but younger yeah. than them and and they knew about being a teen hero and and uh, you carrying know on legacies carrying on and legacies that, yeah. and stuff like that because he's the son of the original Atom the original Atom that's right and uh, he had he had the scars on his face but he has the power to like kind of blow up and stuff like that yeah so uh, my 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 thing would be an unfortunate but he's gonna be the one that ends up sacrificing himself Oof. you know to he, he dies because he's he's the flash Thompson of the group like and and to, to someone that he would that that Ty, Rick uh, considers like uh, somewhat of an adopted son like it would just motivate him that much more to have to put down the villain yeah, well, in that one, you pick a good death for that one because Jesse and Rick were like, hey, they were the ones who actually, if I remember correctly, back in the JSA books, they were the ones who went to uh, damage and they're like, hey, you know, we can we can help you. Mm-hmm. So if they didn't go, he probably wouldn't have joined the JSA and right. he wouldn't be there. So it's kind of like, you know, because every hero always does it. They take on that guilt, but indirectly he's going to feel responsible. I think that's that that does hammer home that will, and of course that's a character I love. So I know when I read this issue, it's going to hit hard as well. It's gonna be like, damn it, why did you take him from me? <laughs> so uh, that definitely hits an emotional heartstring. Good job. So that was my going down swinging in the in the DC universe. What, what what's yours? So for me, it was tough because I I I could only think of two villains, two groups of villains to to draw from, which came from the Flashes and from Batman. And I thought about, I was like, okay, well, what's something Venom-like, blah, 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 blah. And I really have to give you props because I wouldn't have even thought of the Eclipso Diamond, and that is such a good Venom you know, symbiote yeah. type thing. Um, so I wound up just saying, you know what, I'm going to I'm gonna play mine a little bit different, even though I, I had this idea. So I decided to take the Pied Piper. So the Pied Piper was a villain of the Barry Allen and Wally West Flashes. Um, he eventually became a hero thanks to Wally West kind of encouraging him to be like, dude, you're not evil. You're just misunderstood, you know. So Pied Piper is a rogue, but at the same time, he's on the side of the angels. And so what I'm going to do is his motivations are going to be a little bit different because he's looking at some of the new rogues, the new Flash films that are coming out, and they're deadly. And they're chaotic, you know, because at least Captain Cold and those guys, they were like, look, we're going to rob a bank because we need money. Don't kill people. Don't hurt people. The rogues had a code. 
But these new guys, they don't give a shit. I mean, like, Double Down, he's a horrible guy. I mean, he was a horrible guy before he even got powers, you know? So it's like, man, so I could kind of see Pied Piper being like, you know what? I'm sick of this because, yes, it makes the rogues look bad, but then it also affects his personal life because his boyfriend, David Singh, is, if I remember correctly, he's like Barry Allen's uh, director of the crime lab. Mm -hmm. So it's like, this is affecting both my worlds, you know? So I want it done. So he decides to go after the top because Pied Piper has limited... Um, hypnosis. hypnotic hypnosis abilities so he decides to go after the top to take his powers so I'm gonna have it somehow through the magic of comic books that the two wind up merging into one okay so now you kind of have this you know this like little evil devil on his shoulder that's kind of taken him back into it so he's not necessarily in control of how he's acting but he does have a mission that he wants to put in and I so, like that the idea of uh, you know the top uses his hypnotic powers using you know visual cues and then Pipe Piper is obviously uh, musical, audio yeah. cues, so that you you'll have a dude spinning with a uh, music coming out of him. Yeah, so, so it's gonna be yeah, he's just gonna be really powerful. This is this is a tough one to attack because it's like close your eyes, cover your ears. What are you gonna do? You know. So he decides he's going to hunt down some people. So obviously this is where the Flash family has to step forward and help out. So he's going to go out down after Double Down, one of the characters I mentioned. Um, now, mine don't necessarily have that link to like Aunt May, Mary Jane, and Norman or the Osbournes. I was just looking at like the motivations. So he's going to go after Double Down because Double Down is a killer. He's straight up a killer. This guy was a murderer and then he got his weird rips off some of his skin and can throw it at you you know he's like a sick perverse version of gambit you know <laughs> uh, so he obviously wants to attack that guy and kill him then you have tarpit another guy you know just a sadistic fellow who looks like the thing but is constantly spilling out molten lava and all this stuff and the third character would be murmur and murmur was another Whoa. sick guy he's the one who self-inflicted he he cut out his tongue and you know he's constantly running around hurting and trying to kill people so those are the ones he's going to go after so I don't know if I would make him successful and eliminate some of those characters, but definitely I want it to be when that moment happens, when my, you know, the death of Flash Thompson moment comes, it's going to be, you know, Pied Piper top. So I'll call him hypnotic when hypnotic mm -hmm. is coming after he's right there, ready to face down murmur. And I want murmur to know it's coming like, Oh shit, he's dropped the knife and he's like, maybe does the sign of the cross and he's ready to be eliminated. And that's when finally the police crack in on this. They figure out what's going on. And you see Detective David Singh bust in, and right as that kill shot's about to happen, David runs, and he winds up taking the bullet, and now you have Pied Piper Killing kill his dude. lover. And it's like, oh, shit. So that way, now he's a tragic anti-hero, which I don't think we have. So that's what I'm going for. That, like, right. you know, so this is, you know, I'm going to take him, bring him back into that anti-heroics, and then put him in that. And then that way it'll leave the fact because that top voice in his head will just be laughing. You know, he'll be like, this is hilarious. Yeah. You went on this quest and you destroyed yourself. <sighs> and Pied Piper's like, no, this isn't how it should be. So that's what I want to go for in my story. And unfortunately, you know, I, I hate to care off a character like David Singh. He's been really good in New 52 and Rebirth, but got to sacrifice somebody. So that's who I'm going to go for. So we have our policeman's funeral, our, our heroic figure who gets that ultimate sacrifice. All right. I like how you turned it upside down, like, so to speak, with the <laughs> Him knocks and topsy turvy, but yeah, the the idea of you having uh, creating a uh, tragic antihero that's that's pretty interesting. Um, great. So if he, once again, if you haven't read uh, Spider Man eight hundred, 
definitely go out and read it. 801. So I like this little story that you gave me about uh, what Dan Slott said, that 800 is for the fans. 801 is for himself. Yes, yeah. I think Marcos Martin is the artist he specifically asked. Like, I want to say, like, I think he asked him like five years ago, like, hey, will you be the artist on my last issue? <laughs> so he's going to come back and do a special issue for Dan Slott. And you're, yeah, I think that's so neat that it's like, sure, fans, I'll give you what you want. I'll give you all that. But this is me. This mm-hmm. is for me. And that's, that's exciting. Yeah. So uh, I can't wait to read that one as well. But. Uh, if you have any uh, interesting things that you'd like to say about what the stories that we talked about today, the issues that we talked about today, or uh, the challenge that we came up with, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, I'm on Twitter as Mitchipedia G-E-R. Chris is also on Twitter as... Stuff I should say. I went back to the old moniker because I had to type in my password and name into a different computer and I couldn't remember. So I'm back as S-T-U-F-F-I-S-H-U-D-S-A-Y. Stuff I should say. And uh, the rest of Geek Elite Radio is at Geek Elite Radio on Twitter at Geekly Radio on Instagram and Facebook.com forward slash Geekly Radio is our Facebook page. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our, on our website, geeklyradio.com. And uh, until next time, this is Imagine <laughs> If on the Geekly Radio Network saying always remember to geek, geek out. out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.